0: Blue Wire.
1: What is up, Nets fans? We are back with the Brooklyn Buzz just 24 hours after Nick and I recorded a James Harden one. I need to get another person on board. I wanted to record again. I got one of my favorite people on Nets, one of my favorite writers, my favorite basketball minds, Mr. Lucas Kaplan. How are we doing, my friend?
2: Doing pretty well. Uh- it's been an interesting week or two, but I'm happy to be back on the buzz. It's been a minute and especially a minute talking with you. I know you've been busy with some stuff. I've talked with Nick in the past couple of months, but I'm glad we can talk even if it's not about the uh, the most pleasant situation.
1: No, it's certainly a combustible one. And I prefer to be talking about the X's and O's with you. And I'll probably dive a little bit deeper with that if we, when we do possibly get a trade or maybe I ask you about some of these players and such. But First, I wanted to ask you about your article, Lucas. You dropped it on Nets Daily, talking about the the general reaction to the situation with James Harden. We'll get to the Woj bomb. We'll get to the athletic reports and whatever. But I wanted to ask you what brought upon that article from yourself.
2: Well, to be honest, I just, A, I hadn't written anything in a minute, trying to be a little bit more consistent with that. And B, I just feel like there were some thoughts that I had about the whole Harden situation that needed to be said The whole um, it sort of feels like a repetition of the cycle that we got last year while Harden was still in Houston, and it got me thinking how much has changed in a year. Um, It's been pretty much exactly a year since that legendary Harden Kyrie West Coast road trip. It's been less than a year since the Milwaukee playoff series, since the off season, and it's insane how much our perspectives as fans and as analysts change in that time and it really just motivated me to sort of give my thoughts on the timeline that you know has led us to this point really
1: and what do you think I guess uh given the whole reaction from you know Stan people Harden stands and then there's Kyrie stands Kevin Durant stands General Nets fans uh, Sixers fans Daryl Morey believers all that sort of thing What was your personal reaction to seeing some of the news drop over the past couple of days? Where do you stand on James Harden's status? Obviously, a lot of it's revealed in the article, but having some time to process that the article's been out for a little bit, where are your thoughts currently where this whole weird situation is right now?
2: Right. I just think that ultimately my main, you know, my main argument in the article and most of my thoughts are that any Nets fan or anybody who's been following the situation really shouldn't be too surprised Um, and more than that it makes a lot of sense how we've ended up here and honestly a little bit of it is I can't really blame Harden for leaving or for you know having his eyes clearly set on Philadelphia when you take into consideration you know how he got here how this team was formed and the events since then Um, it makes sense how we got here And then that being said, I don't think I'm as certain as maybe some people that the Brooklyn situation is unsalvageable. I didn't really mention that a ton in the article. It was more about the prospects of him getting traded. But I do think with all that being said that there is a significant chance, definitely a non-zero chance that this is just hard in applying pressure um, to the organization And that this could eventually become um, a distant memory. But at the same time, I don't blame him knowing what we know about him, about the organization, about the season so far for having his eyes set on Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think Nick and I, you know, make sure you listen to that episode. Nick and I dived real deep on it. But I wanted to get a different perspective, which is why I asked you. And you sort of segued me nicely to the fact that Woj dropped a bomb today on NBA Countdown, saying that Kevin Durant wants James Harden to remain with the Nets, and that apparently there is, that Harden wants to be there, and there's a real good chance that that's the case. Uh, Going into some of the quotes that were from, you know, him speaking on that show, Here's where uh, Durant is on James Harden. I'm told that he believed they could win multiple titles with him, Kyrie, and James Harden. That's why Kevin Durant pushed so hard to get Brooklyn to make the deal with Houston last year, and he still believes that. But he also believes this very strongly, that Harden and everyone else in Brooklyn is going to have to be as committed to this as as, as he's been. When you see the level that Kevin Durant has played from last year to the Olympics and what was perhaps an MVP season this year, James Harden was told Durant and Nets management that he wants to be there and they're taking his word for that. Uh, There was the bottom line from this is I think Kevin Durant absolutely wants to continue with James Harden and stay the course with him. Does that drop from Woj sway you at all? Lucas, are you skeptical about its timing, about the source itself? Where do you stand on it?
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: I think it's interesting that the sort of question in play is Harden's commitment to Brooklyn, although we may, we can look at that another way. And maybe view that as sort of an under the table suggestion to Kyrie, because again, you know, referencing the article, article again, it would be hard to say that Harden's been anything less than a hundred and ten percent committed to the Nets to trying to bring them a title. Um, when you look back at his tenure so far, uh, you know, Sacramento game aside, not even aside. I mean, we can dive into that a little. I think it needs a little more context. Sure, uh, I would be surprised. I'm I'm surprised that that's sort of the angle if that's about Harden that the Nets organization KD may be putting out there with respect to the source itself. I mean, it makes 100% total sense. As I've said, as as awful as this situation you know seems, as distressing as it is, seven game losing streak, vaccination, this that you know, where Joe Harris ankle, a Kevin Durant five week recovery timeline and a mayoral signature that's already been done in other cities away from having a lot of these, um, you know, situations smoothed over and the Nets being set up for a title run this year. And, you know, perhaps in the future, it'd be hard to imagine Harden leaving after they win a title or after they, you know, make a deep playoff run with all their pieces. So it's a 100%, you know, reasonable perspective to have on the situation from the Nets organization and it makes sense i you know there's still a great chance that he's here past the deadline it it's oftentimes with these situations it's never reasonable for the incumbent team with the superstar to try to hold on to try to keep them on the roster to say we can make this work this and that but if there was ever a situation where it makes sense for a team to do that it would be this one because for all the reasons i just mentioned were a solid 2 months, six-week period away from this being water under the bridge. It's hard to imagine any of this news coming out if the Nets have perfect health and that athlete exemption or Kyrie getting vaccinated. And, you know, those things don't seem too unlikely. So Brooklyn doesn't need to play them. Harden doesn't have the leverage that he had in Houston.
1: Yeah, I think that, I mean, I'll I'll give my thoughts on it before I ask you on those sort of three you know, contingencies that you sort of alluded to. One, I'm somewhat skeptical of the drop because of the fact that it's Adrian Wojnarowski, and oh. whenever we hear Woj drop something, Woj has generally been a mouthpiece for Sean Marks quite yeah. a bit in the past. Shams has always been a mouthpiece for players and, and agents and and player, people around the the players themselves. So we sort of you put two and two together, and you sort of see where some of this toing and froing and leverage leverage and throwing is sort of happening. You know, Daryl yeah. Moore is doing it through a lot of local reporters about Tyrese Maxi about nine available teams, all this sort of thing. It's going to be like this maybe for the next four or five days. And who knows what the resolution is, but you've provided, I guess a, a few different things in terms of, I, I think I said this to Nick on either the previous show or the, or the show before that about the fact that James Hunt should just have a level of patience. You know, if, if he just waits a couple of weeks, Kevin Ryan's probably going to be healthy, you know, a bit past the, the all-star break Joe Harris hopefully will be though I'm not as confident on that I think that there are some serious complications to think of and the exemption thing is look the most recent thing we heard from Eric Adams was you know via Chris Haynes we're hearing all these little wrinklings and stuff and you sort of look at to him as what he's like as a, a politician in the past before he did, did become the mayor you alluded to obviously other cities around the world and, and the exemptions that, that they have provided I think that the number one thing is that I think is the most likely to happen is Kevin Durant. I think is going to get healthy probably the soonest, and it's the most likely thing to happen. And Kevin Durant and James Harden playing together, while it hasn't been an amazing fit, they are still two of the fifteen best players in the NBA. Kevin Durant right up the top, James Harden maybe a slight decline as you mentioned in your article as well. But they play winning basketball. They're going to be amazing together, and I think that James Harden just needs to have that patience. And I'm not, and I'm a bit unsure why you know the shams drop and and why this is all happening now and maybe it is all you know just behind the scenes toing and froing and trying to you know gain sort of leverage or whatever but out of the three things that you alluded to i think it's kevin durant's return what do you think is most likely to happen in terms of kevin durant returning you know fit and healthy and firing joe harris returning fit and healthy and firing or a possible exemption slash Kyrie Irving getting vaccinated. I don't think Kyrie Irving getting vaccinated is likely. I think it's more likely to be the exemption. Where do you stand on those three?
2: Yeah, I think it's in just the order that you said. Um, When I sort of been repeating these three, this three-pronged, I guess, solution to the Nets problem, Kevin Durant seemed the most sure, um, you know, surefire. Possibility of him returning, returning to his, you know, true form, MVP level. Joe Harris, the ankle, has been pretty worrisome. Um, The second surgery possibility, who knows what the timeline will be. And, you know, the Kyrie Irving thing, it doesn't seem likely by the day, but it's the sort of news that once it happens, it happens immediately. It seems like it might just fall out of the sky. And it doesn't seem, you know, from sort of an uneducated perspective, that there's a ton of continued reasons for New York not to push for the athlete exemption. With all that being said, um, I, it seems like Harden would still have reasons to not be as patient as you're suggesting as he should be, and that I think would be completely reasonable for him. Um, the patience thing, if, if it works out, it, it's clearly the right choice for him to stay in Brooklyn. This is where he so you know desperately wanted to be less than a year ago, and the environment that he was traded to... Is not all that far off from possibly, you know, reshaping itself happening again this year. But in the meantime, the Kevin Durant James Harden duo, as you sort of alluded to, hasn't been as dominant as we've seen as we maybe thought it might be for a few reasons. One of them, Harden's decline brought on by the hamstring injury. I think, you know, the off season, whatever you want to say, just age related stuff. Um, having no other ball handlers on the roster him just taking the absolute brunt of those minutes and I think if the argument which I haven't really heard a lot but I think intuitively it feels to me that this is why he might want out he hasn't really been appreciated this year because I think we've been so obsessed with comparing him to peak harden I don't see that changing I don't see his workload changing with KD back I don't see you know his physical form suddenly getting a huge upgrade in March, you know, 3 quarters of the way through the season. I don't see the Nets adding, you know, more capable ball handlers to take some of the load off him, and if he doesn't think that any of those changes are in the cards, just trying to put myself into his mindset, I could see perhaps why he wouldn't want, you know, to withhold that patience that you're mentioning, which again, you know, I think is a very reasonable take from you.
1: Well, you're segueing me so perfectly in terms of James Harden stuff because there was a drop from Alex Schiffer of at The Athletic today, and I'll try and provide, I guess, the context to it all. He said, A source with knowledge of Harden's thinking said he's frustrated in general with his Nets tenure. He came to Brooklyn expecting to be part of a three-headed monster, yet has played a similar role to what was required of him in Houston, having to be the guy. Harden is um, while Harden was thrown hints that he's not crazy about Ir- Irving's part-time status, a source with knowledge of Harden's thinking said he's frustrated in general with his Nets tenure. Um, so I think that it's interesting that maybe the sort of things you're alluding to in terms of play style is, is more of a frustration. We've heard things from Jake Fisher when we spoke to him and as well as in his article uh, about the see, that's Nash's coaching, which probably comes into the sort of version of play style and that sort of thing. But then we also heard the Nets come out and, and sort of say that they don't like the, the style of basketball that's required under a James Harden style of, of when you're running through James Harden that sort of heliocentric oh. system. Harden's frustrations, the Nets frustrations general frustrations what do you think i guess of of james harden you know and and his thinking or this source providing his thinking in in terms of just the general brooklyn nets franchise more so than the little bits and pieces of our irving being part-time etc
2: that to me feels like a cop-out just because you're talking about a three-headed monster which when it's on the court, as we've all seen, has been completely dominant. His injury was the first domino to fall last year in the playoffs. Obviously, we know about, you know, Giannis uh, land, or Kyrie landing on Giannis's foot really being perhaps a more major game changer in that series. But Harden's hamstring injury is the, you know, first domino to fall in terms of this health debacle that we've been talking all about. It seems to me that he wouldn't be blaming Kevin Durant for any sort of of his injuries, his missed time, you know, over the last year, obviously Katie missed the West coast road trip last year. Um, he missed a few games leading up to the playoffs. And if you're not, you know, upset or prickled by Kyrie Irving's vaccination status, then what exactly could you be alluding to here with, you know, being upset with the three headed, with the lack of being part of a three headed monster? because you either have to say that you're upset with Kyrie being vaccinated or not being vaccinated, because if he is, then Kyrie's playing, then you do have the three stars, or you're upset with Kevin Durant's injury status, which doesn't seem feasible, um, or you know something that Harden would actually be upset at Durant over for getting injured. So this, to me, feels like a way to express frustration without throwing Kyrie under the bus, um, which is, you know, as many have pointed out, I'm not, you know, unique in this viewpoint, the elephant in the room in this whole situation.
1: Yeah, and look, I think I think Harden it, it, he's sort of throwing somewhat the franchise under the bus. I said this uh-huh. yesterday to Nick where I think that because everything is being run around Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's someone that's re-signed for long term. He's the one that's, you know, committed to this franchise. He's the better player. He's uh, he's everything, you know. Kevin Durant's one of the 10 best players ever. James Harden certainly in the top 50 wherever you want to put him. So I think maybe not having that those things sort of called to him in the way that it was in Houston under Daryl Morey and those sort of things. And But if he's thinking that Philly's going to be more like that, well, I think Joel Embiid's playing basketball and is a better basketball player than he is right now. So, But maybe it's just the relationships, maybe the friendship with Kevin Rand isn't as strong as we it might be. I have no idea, but yeah, I do think that some of those frustrations are a bit of a cop-out. And like Nick said yesterday, I think he needs to look in the mirror sometimes and go, okay, what what is my part in this situation? Can I change anything? And I guess I wanted to ask you about the Sacramento Kings thing because I DM'd you, I DM'd Matt Brooks, two people who I just trust when it comes to just looking at the game in a bit more of an objective sense than my irrational, casual mind. <laughs> in terms of Harden's effort in that game, in terms of you know Harden being out against utah and also being questionable uh, coming up against the denver nuggets as well where do you stand i guess uh, on his accountability and, and his status
2: yeah i need to see the uh, i need to see sort of this play out over a longer period of time obviously the you know effort intensity level against sacramento is what it was
1: you posted a glaring clip and if you want to like talk the yeah. people through it i tried to but i think <laughs> the person who actually posted it is probably better to because that was probably the number one thing i think offensively yes you can post him 16 seconds holding the ball and then kicking it out to patty mills but your one was pretty you know enlightening
2: right we've all seen clips from harden i think the uh the defense overall this year has been at or those early houston levels where it really looks like he is just doesn't give the crap most of the time um disengaged and whether you want to talk about the offensive load fair or not stardom in the nba whether that entitles you to that it's a whole different conversation but you know the the half-hearted reaches in on the ball and when he doesn't get it he's not closing out to shooters you know he's responsible for the guy in the corner um reaches in on the driver doesn't make any effort to get back out to the shooter it's a wide open three literally the next possession does the classic head fake closeout at the shooter, sort of daring him to shoot as you would maybe one of your less athletic friends in a game of pickup. (laughs) Um, But with that being said, I need to see more before talking about, oh, he's quit on the team, this and that, uh, doesn't care anymore, is trying to force his way out, you know, like we saw in Houston. You know, the fact of the matter is it was the second game of a back-to-back in the middle of a West Coast road trip leading up to the All-Star break the dog days of the dog days of the NBA season. He's been playing close to 40 minutes a night when he has been available. And recently, he's been a little bit less available because that dude is, is banged up. A lot of the NBA is right now, but he's shouldering for most of the year, you know, the entire, as I said, ball handling and creation responsibilities of this team. The hand is messed up. The hamstring is still giving him issues, although I guess now it's the left one. Um, yeah. <laughs> and as we know, Harden loves to hoop. He's trying to be out there every night. You know, whether those clips of him not really hustling on defense are there or not, he has given you know his all to this organization, and he's been the most consistently available big minutes player for them this year. So with that being said, I would like to see more before I totally discredit the Sacramento game as one of those. You know what? It happens. It's not a good look. But he's James Harden. It's February. He's in Sacramento. They just suffered a brutal, tough loss in Phoenix, which, by the way, was their best-played game in a long time. The reality of it is that's the NBA. They play 82 games. Stars will take some nights off. So I'm not going to totally rush to judgment and accountability on that. Um, And overall, I do talk about this in the article— the idea of him quitting, not, you know, giving his all to this team is one of the, you know, I think least based on, on, on facts sort of takes that you could have on this situation just based on what he did last year in the playoffs, based on the minutes he's played, how he's shown up this year and, you know, clearly fought through being banged up. So I don't want to do a 180 and say, oh, he's not trying, you know, quite yet.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I well I've probably done, done already that for you, so you don't need to do it for, for anyone else. I, I think the the pushback that I would have is that superstars don't do that. It's that they it is a night after night thing, and you don't see that from Kevin Durant or you haven't seen that from Kevin Durant this year. Mm. And I think that's James Harden previously, you know, that was him last year, that was him in his Houston tenure. He was out there consistently, and it was the baseline was effort, motivation, Good habits, all those sort of things, but the, trying putting two and two together. Again, this is might be a, a sense of recency bias, but I, I'm just looking at. I, I think again, I'm trying. I'm harking back to things that I just said on the previous episode. But what he's done for us lately, what he's done for us lately is, you know, the hand injury. Was that real? Probably, maybe. I don't know. It came out of nowhere. The opposite hamstring injury seems a, a little bit interesting, and Clax is now injured as well. Hopefully, he's back soon. And Matik eyeballs, yeah. you know, questionable for the game coming up. There's, I got my tinfoil hat on here, Lucas. Huh. It's, it's hard. It's hard not to. But yeah, oh, I yeah. think that I can't. I couldn't.
2: I couldn't blame you for any of those, you know, reasonings. And obviously, I'm taking the pretty pro hardened stance here. But questioning any of those things is not, you know, beyond reason or you know, just looking at him play, you know, it just takes the eye test to tell that he's not giving it his all. And as you said, we haven't seen Kevin Durant do that. So I don't blame you or any Nets fan with, you know, that sort of tinfoil hat, if you want to call it that, you know, on your head.
1: I think it's, it literally comes down to the nature of how I watch the game. I do it with a general emotional lens. It's sort of like the the casual sort of thing. You know, I'm I'm not the sort of as intelligent and as well learned and, and I, I don't have a history of playing basketball, coaching basketball, doing all these things. I'm not, I'm not posting dunk highlights on my timeline huh. like you are, all those sort of things. So I, I, it's just the the lens that I watch it with is probably similar to a lot of other people, but it's interesting having these discussions. And I guess our, the, the be all and end all Lucas is, do you see a, a, a trade being made and do you see it benefiting the Nets more if they were to... What do you think Hardman would look like on the Sixers? What do you think Simmons would look like on the Nets? You can take that route however you... The answer, however you want to go about it.
2: Well, of course, I appreciate you mentioning my dunk highlight on the timeline. I, I hope that that wouldn't go un- unmentioned, you know. That was my secret motivation for coming on here, to be honest.
1: <laughs> well,
2: I will say that, you know, sort of as, as doomsday scenario as it feels like we're in now, The Nets are not, you know, I don't think panicking or would be, you know, apoplectic if they end up getting Ben Simmons back. A lot of the time when you trade away a player of James Harden's caliber, you don't get an excellent young player who fits a lot of needs and would seem to fit right in and is considerably younger in return. Um, And one who you would think might have a lot of motivation going to a new team, going to a new contender. Uh, the Nets would also have more leverage dealing away a star, as many have said, than many star trades in the past. Um, with that being said, my gut—you know, again, I'm no insider—I actually don't think the Nets make a trade before the deadline. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens in the off-season, but with all the factors at play, including the massive amount of cap space that Philadelphia would have to move around to sign James Harden in the off-season. The possibility that things do end up working out for the Nets in between the trade deadline and the offseason and um, the how you know how talented Harden is and the role he can play on a championship team, the Nets don't have to trade him at the deadline if they don't get the package they want. I would assume that they're pushing pretty hard for Tyrese Maxey. I think the you know availability of Patty Mills and the fact that he signed for another year. Make Seth Curry, who is probably the better player right now over Patty, but it would make him a little bit less you know, desirable in a trade for the Nets. Um, Thibel would be nice, but I think you would rather take Tyrese Maxey over both Seth Curry and Thibel. Um, the point being the Nets have a lot of leverage, and they'll very likely return to this scenario in June if things don't end up working out on the court. So my gut is telling me that Harden stays a net um, after the deadline. And at that point, there's really no reason for him to sulk or quit on the team or do any of these, you know, antics that got him out of Houston the first time. Uh, I think he would be all in to try to win a title, especially if the Nets get a little healthy. And I don't see why he would think that's unreasonable. With that being said, I imagine the Nets are pushing hard for Maxie. I think if you can get Ben and Maxi right now, it's hard to find a reason to say no to that. Um, and with the Sixers, you know, the, a lot of the conversation is, oh, Harden's a pick-and-roll player, pounds the air out of the ball. Um, I don't know how that works with Embiid. I think those concerns are valid if a little bit overstated. I think when you have that much talent on the floor and a guy who wants to win that badly in Embiid and so talented, you know, you can make it work. I think the lack of an offseason for Harden is also a big factor here and how he ages because we all see it, so therefore he sees it. The burst isn't quite what it was. He's 33, 32. There's a billion miles on his legs, and yet he clearly has the talent, the footwork, the hand-eye coordination to live a little bit more in the mid range, to live a little bit more posting up, to take there we go. and shoot threes. He didn't have that offseason to work on it. So I wouldn't be surprised if he thinks he can go to Philly and say, all right, I'm healthy, it's June, we'll retool, give me a nice summer to mesh my game with Joel Embiid and figure it out. Those matchups next year would be extraordinary, I'll tell you that
1: it could be extraordinary this year. And Lucas, is there anything you wanted to touch on? Did you want to shout out You know where can we find your work? Where are you on Twitter? Where's all the good stuff where we can find Lucas Kaplan other than in local gyms around you know huh. the eastern and western seaboard, dunking like a madman?
2: Well, you can always – hey, anybody who wants to hoop, if you're in the same city as me, please don't hesitate to hop into my DMs. Always down for that. Um, with that being said, just my name, Lucas Kaplan with the K underscore on Twitter, writing all the time at Nets Daily, um, as well as some more general NBA stuff when I feel like it at Roll Call Sports Network. And I really just want to thank, you know, everybody listening to this podcast, anybody who comes across it for just their continued support of me. Um, you at the top of the list for sure. It's so nice, you know, to publish work and just get positive or negative feedback, really. I mean, as long as it's coming from a genuine place and knowing that people have read my work, even though they disagree, which I certainly got some comments about this article disagreeing with me, it's a very nice sort of communal response to have and very encouraging in the writing process. And, you know, I just want to let everyone know that does not go unnoticed. And neither does, you know, your invitations to the pod. You know, it's great to talk about it and expound further. And, um... Yeah, just really appreciative right now
1: love it mate always when quality content is out there put out there by you it's always going to create a genuine discourse and guys make sure you subscribe to the brooklyn buzz make sure you're giving us five stars on all streaming platforms spotify and make sure that you stay in tune because we've got a heap of recaps coming during the week nick's gonna be taking care of those we've got justin coming up there's bound to be some news probably some emergency pods lucas might be jumping on soon when he's not again if he, he's, well, he's probably going to get a hamstring injury if he keeps dunking up the way that he is he might have to let James Harden borrow his hamstrings but thanks guys, catch you soon
0: this is the story of The One as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on, that's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working the HVAC is humming and his facility shines